save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Hey, Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, Big Z here. Another tough loss uh, for the Detroit Lions. I know you, I hope you got a lot of Blue Kool-Aid with you to listen to this podcast. Uh, we're going to be breaking down Patricia, the defense, uh, maybe uh, some issues with Matt Stafford. We'll highlight a few positives. There are a few positives to take away from this, believe it or not. And remember, it's only week two. Now sit back, relax. It's time for the pod. This is Drinking the Blue Cooley, a Detroit Lions podcast hosted by lifelong Lions fans, UJ. It seems apparent to me that the most intellectual football fans tend to be Lions fans. Bob. Stafford is the best quarterback in football. Remember what you saw here. Tell your grandkids, don't forget. Red Dog. I believe we're on the precipice of a new era of Detroit Lions football dominance. Connor. Patricia looks like Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka out there. An absolute blueberry on the sideline. And I'm your host, Big Z. The media knows nothing. The Detroit Lions 2021 Super Bowl champs. We can't wait for this upcoming season. Relax. It's time for the pod. Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back at September 21st. We're recording this at 8.22 p.m., and I'm Big Z, and joining us as always is the Blue Kool-Aid crew, and the Blue Kool-Aid, <laughs> um, they're going to need a little extra this week after a 42-21 loss to the Packers, uh, but we got Bob. Hello there. We got UJ. Hey. And we got Rudd Dog. And gentlemen, um, maybe the Kool-Aid was going down well in the first quarter for you, or at least on the first couple drives of this game, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Once, literally, the first play of the third quarter on was a just complete. Debut. Well, it, it probably started before the end of the first half, actually. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I was watching with Road Dog at the time. It says uh, if we score every drive, we'll probably win this game because we, we got, came out to the early lead. So obviously, we couldn't keep it up. So wasn't that good? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, what is um. Where do we? Where, I, you know, I came into this just not knowing where to start because there's so many issues. Uh, the first, the the first one I want to get into right away, and the question. This kind of goes into coaching as well, and just the kind of the befuddling choices that they make. Um, Tracy Walker in this game played 19 percent less snaps than Will Harris. Can anybody explain this one to me, <laughs> please? No a, can so, can someone try to at least justify it for me? For on behalf of Patricia. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy Walker's been our best safety since last year, and yet Will Harris, the the All Star, is getting way getting more playing time. It just blows my mind. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. There's no explanation for it. No possibly good reason for it. Unless he has like a behavioral issues, and they're making like a point with him. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, because Tracy Walker's making plays out there, and 
Will Harris is just chewing up time. I don't know what he's doing out there. Tracy Walker is one of the few guys who gets to the ball, gets around the ball. He's around. He doesn't make every play, but he makes plays. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. on the bench in favor of Will Harris, it's there's absolutely no excuse for it. None. I mean, Will Harris did look really majestic as he whiffed miserably on uh, Aaron Jones for giving up a 75-yard touchdown. I mean, not everyone can look that good whiffing. So, I mean, credit where credit's due. Yeah, but uh, – I mean, uh, two games in a row, Will Harris is graded out as one of the worst defenders on the team. Um, actually, Tracy Walker, didn't, uh, again, I always reference PFF. This is what I do. Um, but Will Harris, 43.5. This is out of 100. Actually, Tracy Walker did not grade well in this game, but still, he, he he's a playmaker. Actually, Tracy Walker has graded out as one of the best pass rushers we've had on the team this year. Um, <laughs> what they don't give him that option. I'm just saying <laughs> they don't give him that option too often, but at least, like you said, he's making plays when he's out there. It, yeah, but uh, I mean, Will Harris is leading the team in missed tackles. This is the same thing as last year. Um, I guess he looks good in practice when there is no tackling, like this off season. I feel, I feel like this is like <laughs> that's the, the only thing I could understand. Like the Mean Girls meme. It's like stop trying to make Will Harris happen. It's not gonna happen. It's just they're just trying to force it in there. It feels like a square peg in a round hole type deal. Well, let's look, let's look at our prize rookie too, uh, Julian Okwara. Where was he? He was he he was a healthy scratch. He was essentially benched in this game. Maybe they're trying to get like an Ashawn Robinson type turnaround out of him, but but uh, he hasn't been on the field to you know get, to turn around something I, yet. There's nothing there yet. I thought Okuda yeah. was our prized rookie, and he was out on the field. What good oh. did that do? We do we want to jump into Okuda right now because it, this is a rough debut. Now again, he went from not practicing for pretty much two weeks to playing against a top. Literally the top offense in the NFL. Yeah. Um, He's worst kind of graded cornerback in the NFL this week. He was thrown to the wolves, though, right away. I mean, I'll say. I don't think anybody's expecting him to light it up right out of the gate. And I don't think there's anything to, you know, that's a bust based on one game. I think that's a bit premature. You know, our secondary's depleted, and he was really required to step up, and he couldn't quite do it. So I don't know. I, I like the kid. But that's that's reason and, and, and reasonableness. I, I'm angry and want to just be mad <laughs> that he didn't do good. <laughs> no, I, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, he stepped out and just, you know, he went in there and threw his best punches, and he's just not ready yet for the bigs. And Well, I hate, I hate to go back to the draft, but let's look at it. You know a cornerback's not going to be an impact player right away. I mean, we basically know that, right? They need seasons before they become good. We could have picked up, uh, you know, one of them defensive tackles or something. A guy made an immediate impact. But, no, we, we take a developmental guy. So, But we had to throw him out there because well, of injuries. And, and it just I heard Isaiah Simmons gave up two scores, uh, yeah. and he got benched in that game. Well, I don't so. want to get back into that. I, I'm, <laughs> my point is that uh, they didn't draft an immediate impact player. But, you know. I think he was expected to step in and be an immediate impact player. And this is uh, sort of – him falling short of that bar they were I mean that was the expectation right his fundamentals were all supposed to be you know perfect and all that like he had all the skill set to be an immediate impact starter day one that was the hype about this guy but you know he, he's not Denzel Ward Denzel Ward came in for the Browns and started making picks right away but I mean I'm not saying that he won't be better than Denzel Ward it's first game and um you know while we're on the top of Okuda Again, it's his first game. Uh, no, no, no practice reps for two weeks. Throwing the Wolves, um, rough debut. But there's also this report coming out of ninety-seven one point ninety-seven point one. The ticket, 
um, the radio in Detroit uh, that said there was high division in the, the Lions' uh, front office and coaching staff and player personnel on who they wanted to draft. And apparently Bob Quinn was like the lone voice in the room that wanted Akuda and kind of overruled his player personnel and Patricia. Patricia, I guess, wanted Derek Brown. This comes from the, – the, he's quoting two sources here. So he said it, and he's rock hard. Um, Mike Valenti is the one that reported this. Uh, um, Valenti's an asshole. It, but. <laughs> he, he is, but, man, he had a rant the other day that was really awesome. I don't so, wait, let me, let me finish really go quick. Ahead, um, they want, so Patricia wanted Derek Brown. Player personnel either wanted Tua or they wanted um, Simmons. And they uh, obviously didn't go with either one of those three. <laughs> so it, I don't know if nobody's on the same page there or this report is complete bullshit. But it just added a little bit extra to the Akuda performance this week as kind of, you know, when when things go bad, everything just seems to pile up yeah. kind of type thing. And if there's winning, it kind of, you know, fizzles away a little bit. I mean, I, after um, watching that game, I was thinking investing in a front seven guy would have probably been more prudent. But. Then again, if Okuda wasn't there, who the hell would even be manning cornerback position right now for us? So Yeah, I mean do we think the biggest problem in this team right now is personnel or do we think it's coaching? I'm gonna have to say, and I well, let me just say this. I've been a biggest Patricia backer for a while now, and my my uh support is crumbling at a rapid rate right now. When we seen the Bears game. Stop, UJ. Drink some Kool-Aid. There's this is drinking Kool-Aid. Kool -Aid. There's just not enough. There's wait. a few drops. There's a few drops. No, the there. Bears game was bad enough. We did the same mistakes over and over again. This game, they came out like they were hungover from the night before. You know how it is. You ever play a game hungover? You start out okay. Hey, I'm going to be all right. And then, you know, a little ways in, you're like, oh, shit, man. This, this thing's really catching up to me. And that's what they it were like. Sounds like you played hungover a few times, UJ. They started out kind of hot, they were feeling okay, and then all of a sudden, you know. UJ, in your college days, did you ever play hungover? Yeah. <laughs> I never did. I never did. You made it he sound like true. you never did. But anyway. There's uh, there's unnamed sources out of Wabash uh, saying that they could refute the reports. Those that are all lying. <laughs> but I, I just want to say something real quick since we're on the subject of coaching and Patricia, and this is how far my base of uh, support has crumbled with Patricia at this moment. After seeing that debacle, and that's all you can say that it was against Green Bay, it was horrible in every aspect. I mean, yep. We can't rush the passer. We can't defend the pass. We can't defend the run. We can't do anything on defense. Our defense looked worse this year than it did last year. I don't know if statistically that bears fruit, but – Anyway, my feeling is these next two games are Patricia's audition for whether he gets past the bye week. Hmm. And if he if we blow these games and look bad doing it, he's gone. We get an interim coach to finish out the season. That's how that's how I feel right now. I'm so upset about this thing. It, yeah, it's brutal. bad. And it, it's absolutely brutal. The same stuff <laughs> over and over and over again. And like you say, with the playing uh, Harris over uh, Tracy Walker, just examples like that. I mean, he does this all the time. So we're the playmakers. There's nobody on defense making a play. Nobody. I mean, I think we had one sack by Collins, which was a nice play. And I think we had one crunching hit by Jared Davis in the middle, which was awesome. Yeah. I think was, that's the that only actual awesome. big plays I saw the whole game by our defense. They are, they suck. They're terrible. Oh yeah. I mean, it's awful. I mean, let, let's just go. Let's. Uh, I mean, let's break down an example, for instance. And if you – 
want to see like the coach's eye view of the play, go on Chris Burke's Twitter account. Um, they have the behind the end zone view of the first touchdown run in the second half where the Lions are lining up. Basically, they have hand over the nose, uh, the the one A-gap, but basically they want hand to control two A-gaps against a pretty good Packers offensive line. Um, Gerard Davis actually, after I criticized him when the play initially happened, but he actually filled his B-gap correctly. So basically they had two players covering three gaps over the middle to start the game that second half. It was just bad defensive alignment, bad defensive call. Uh, the, the players were put in a terrible position to succeed, and that that's what you don't want to see. And then, of course, they rely on Will Harris to try to make the last tackle, and we we all see how that went uh, <laughs> throughout the game. Uh, but, man, they, so bad coaching. And, and in addition to that, this defense, um, to me, lacks, like, an identity. I, there's no identity. There's no toughness whatsoever. It, it, it just feels... Yeah. It, it, it's the opposite the of what he's been preaching and saying out loud. I think it's, that's the word, toughness. It's it's, they're not tough. They're, they're just not tough. Maybe I'm just watching Will Harris tackling, and that's what I'm, that's what's yeah. popping in my mind. Not a good but, example. Yeah. What and I don't care if he's taking a beating. Maybe he's a nice guy, but uh, as far as his playing and as far as a fan that has no connection to him personally, that he is playing like yeah. dog shit. One that's of the so frustrating weird. things about this game in particular I'll, I'll last year, they had a terrible record. Obviously, they had been one of the top draft picks. But they were in every game. They fought hard. Yeah. This is the first game, even the Bears game, they were in it till the end. This is the first game where they just looked outmatched in the, in the second half. I mean, the first half, they, they should have had the lead, but even Stafford was making mistakes in the first half. And um, then they just kind of folded up, especially when, the, especially when they got gashed in that big run. It seemed like they just, like, threw up their hands and uh, – Yep. But, but I will say Okuda, because I did read an article about somebody who was focusing on him in every play, and that guy never gave up. I'll say that. He got beat, but but he was Good. really focused. He, and He led the team in tackles. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm not giving up on him, but but the whole no, no. team, they really seemed to fold, which never happened in the last year. Well, yeah. look at that decision to not go for it on fourth and one when we're down. I mean, that was horrible coaching. Packers go oh. for fourth and one in the first quarter. The one where we yeah. threw a seven-yard like fade route instead of like a short. Well, that was third and one. That was a third and one. No, play. I know, but then we had a fourth and one after we yeah, failed yeah. to complete the pass. I mean, you well, know, UJ. Maybe that was good coaching though, because it gave us an opportunity to use our best player, our punter. Yeah, right. How about, <laughs> how about wait a little shout out to Jack Fox because he's leading the NFL right now in net punting average. So that's yeah. a great find. Another great good. special teamer in Lions history on a bad football team. Yeah. Yeah, he you know, boomed that 57-yarder. It was like a fair catch because there's so much. Oh, pain. yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. ridiculous. It was impressive. Insane. You know, UJ, the, uh, I finally got an answer to the hypotheticals I keep asking you. What would it take for you to say, like, uh, Patricia's got to go? Because all this time you've been like, oh, no, four years, like, guaranteed. Like, we got to stick with it no matter what. But after that last game, <laughs> you, you're starting to kind of get an idea of what you're not willing to put up with anymore. I'm and sorry. They just they looked lost. And then, but, yeah. Then the I, interviews after the game, I mean, they, Stafford looked like he got run over by a car or something. He looked awful. I mean, in, just in the interview, looked defeated. And Patricia looked defeated. He even wasn't his usual self. Anymore. I mean, even in the interviews, usually at least, you know, given – Reasons. Yeah, yes. Let's go over to the offense. Been looking really rough this year. He's it's the been second game of the season, and they're already acting like they're beat. It's it's bad, it, and that's got to stem from the coaching. It has to. 
Yeah, let, let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. So the Lions actually had a couple nice drives in the first uh, quarter here. Um, as yeah. Karrion Johnson looked good. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson was being utilized well. Yeah. Um, and then it just uh, – And I, I like the fact that after last week, they went to Swift and they went to him several times and he caught yeah. the ball. So that's that's encouraging. Absolutely. Swift led the team in uh, uh, plays and snaps from the running back position at least. Um, and Adrian Peterson turned out 5.9 yards per carry in this game. They had to go away from the run because of the the, the quick getaway in the score. <laughs> After the touchdown run and the pick six, they had to relegate to the, the pass game right away. But uh, let, let, that pick six is <laughs> brutal. Uh, running a no-look pass, essentially, from the your own five-yard line is a recipe for disaster. And Amendola and Stafford didn't seem to be on the same page in this game, quite, which is kind of odd for those two, yeah. usually, who are on the same page. Yeah, um, that was frustrating. That was the, a play like think, that that got Eric Kramer run out of town uh, <laughs> doing that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> not that I wanted Stafford run out of town, but that was just a stupid play. I didn't get that. Yeah, that was. A um, I will say though, Stafford has been. That's part part of the thing that has me most shaken about the beginning of the season is that Stafford has been part of the problem so far. And I mean, you hope he'll turn it around, but if he continues to have a season like this, there's not much. I just don't know what hope for this team to really do anything. The befuddling thing with Stafford right now is how long he's holding on the ball. Like just get like on right for instance on like the goal line there. Just get rid of it. You're on the goal line, man. Just keep getting <laughs> yeah. sacks. This is another week of him like yeah. not knowing the situation. Kind of biz- kind of bizarre for a guy that's been around for 11 years and we haven't really seen this kind of um, you know, decision making out of him since sacks. like since he was like in his rookie or like sophomore year of the league, and they're very costly ones too. This yeah. isn't like, yeah, it just it's bizarre. Something is not right through these two games. So may, maybe again, it's preseason still getting to underneath it all. Uh, but you know, it's it's not preseason, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, um, we but, need Kenny Galladay yeah, back in a big way. They do. I and I underestimated how much they needed him, I guess. Uh, and this is great for Kenny Galladay if he comes back and the offense starts clicking again. Uh, he has a really good uh, leverage in contract talks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and what, one thing I, I don't get one thing I don't get with the personnel that we have now is why why is Marvin Jones being used like Golden Tate, you know? They used to stretch the field with Marvin Jones. So why aren't they taking shots down the sideline with yeah. him just to just to mix things up for the defense? They're just using them on these short passes. Yeah, I, I agree. Especially because Marvin Jones is one of the top um, contested catchers in the NFL last year. Him and Kenny Galladay are both yeah. like two and three, I think. And and contested catching means like uh like it deals with yards of separation and stuff. But uh, he won over I think seventy percent of his contested catches last year. So the guy can go up and get it. There's no doubt we've seen him do it. Yeah. Uh, we saw him catch yeah. it over two people in that Minnesota Thanksgiving game the one year. I mean the guy the guy can ball and he's become like almost a non-factor <laughs> in the receiving game. Very just bizarre. Uh, and I, that, that that's what I have. The offense isn't as big an issue to me still. I still have a lot more faith in the offense because the defense looks completely lost, and we've seen it for three years now where the defense yeah. is lost. Um, you would yeah. expect some sort of improvement on this defense in year three. That's what we, we heard, like they're building a culture and blah, blah, blah. Well, the culture must be giving up a lot of points and missing tackles. Um, that was not the culture um, the, the the Ford signed up for when they hired Patricia and Bob Quinn to build a Patriot-style 
team. Um, but again, this is only two games in. There's still 14 to go. That's my only caution. Uh, the <laughs> NFL, more than any, any is like, an o like you can overreact one week and then it turns around the next week. But it's different when it's been three years of roughly the same thing. Of course, this is worse because uh, it was a blowout. Well, and I mean, like, to go along with what you just said, though, I mean, defense is where we went through the biggest change. We have a whole new defensive coordinator. So, you know, and a few new key players. So I, I I didn't expect them to necessarily drive right out the gate. So, you know, maybe that's the silver lining is that maybe this team will just kind of start to learn to be a team because they still they aren't one yet. I agree. They, no. they look like 11 guys just running around out there with didn't know what the other ones were doing. I mean, it, it looks so disorganized. Mm. I, I can't explain it. They weren't playing like a team. They weren't gang tackling. They weren't – it was just – just 11 guys out there doing 11 different things. It's just gang tackling. We were lucky if we had more than like one or two players near the ball half the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were, uh, it, it's, it's just very disappointing. Matt LaFleur of the Packers is now 8-0 against the NFC North. Uh, so, and, and, and Patricia, not, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, say. We, we did break a record this week, though. Yeah. First team in NFL history to ever – lose four straight games where you had a lead by double digits. Woo! Yeah. And we've lost That's 11 better. in a row, the third longest streak in Lions history. Woo! Mm -hmm. We're good we at those kind of records. We break all so those kind of records. Can we just does, talk about a common... Does Patricia go? I'm oh, sorry. You, go it, ahead. This kind of goes with... Well, uh, well, go ahead really quick. Go ahead, because that might be talking about something different. No, I was just going to say, do we just keep Patricia to see if he can beat the 0-19 like <laughs> record at this Stop point? That. Like, see if we can get... Get to like zero oh, and twenty, and then it's like you know what? No. Does it count if it's spread across two seasons? Like, is it still zero oh, and sixteen? If you. <laughs> all right, all right. This, um, the the question I wanted to ask, and th this was thrown out a lot, especially on social media, and just you know, Lions fandom in general, is we fired Jim Caldwell after going nine and seven, uh, because we wanted to win a Super Bowl, apparently, and people like trying to make the argument like should we have not fired jim caldwell we should have fired him. uj you say you say no it was the correct it was the correct move right yeah caldwell was not that good yeah he's good in comparison wow. to everything we've had around him yes okay but caldwell was not a great coach so i'm i have no problem with the firing of caldwell but obviously the new coaching regime didn't work out so would you at least yeah. say caldwell was a better fourth quarter game manager than matt patricia I would. Well, I would say Caldwell's better. Nothing suggests that he isn't. Sure. I I would say Caldwell's better in every way than Patricia to date, but I still stand behind the reasoning behind firing Caldwell. It's just I don't know how much faith I have standing behind the the answer to that. <laughs> Sticking with this Patricia and Quinn tandem here, I don't know if it's working. What if yeah. what if what if Bob Quinn didn't uh, you know what if he built this team but with Jim Caldwell at the home would it would it be a better situation? Most likely, who knows? No, if Mayhew <laughs> was still there, it'd probably be better. <laughs> I mean, Quinn hasn't, <laughs> hasn't done a great job. I mean, Kenny Galladay is the one thing he hangs his hat on, but he's missed on so many picks and high high draft picks. So that's the one thing I will tease Tabor, yeah, yeah uh, second rounder, yeah. Um, I mean the one the one thing I do like Bob Quinn for is I think he's managed the cap situation a lot better than Mayhew. Mayhew kind of let it get out. That of control. I agree with. Um, that that's one of the rare things I could say uh, right yeah. now. Of course, I actually disagree a lot with with uh, the picks he's made. You know, Hawkinson followed by Akuda. 
you all know how I felt about those picks when they were made and stuff, but I actually think he's done a fairly decent job of assembling enough talent on this roster. There's with you know, there's a few areas he hasn't really been able to fully fix yet, but I I don't think he's as much of a problem as whatever's going on in that locker room and coaching rooms and stuff. I think this is more directly tied to Patricia, but you know, at this point Quinn's tied his boat to Patricia, so Yeah. Yeah. Um I, if, can I uh I'm going to play the devil's advocate here a little bit. Uh, All right. I'm I'm not off the Patricia bandwagon. I wasn't really on it for the beginning because I wasn't too excited about the hire. But we've invested so much time in this, tearing down the roster, building it up in this Quinn-Patricia thing. We barely lost against the Bears by a a drop pass. You know, and that – and I like what's happening with the offense. I think Hawkinson's – I do think that was a great pick, and I think he's going to be a star going forward. I like a run game we finally built up. The The defense was decimated before we got to the Packer game, and we caught a really hot Packers team. So things kind of worked against us there. I think the team, from what I've read about them, they, they seem to like each other. The team cohesion's there, at least in the locker room. So I, I still – I'm not ready to quit on this thing yet. I don't see – I was after the game, I was ready to fire Patricia, but when I thought about it, you know, I'm like – no, we got to let this thing ride out, man. Let's see what happens. I, I still think there's a lot of good players on this team, and I think it all, could all come together and click. Like, we've, we've started out hot in the past and then faded down the stretch. Maybe we start out shitty this time, and then we build on the stretch. So I'm, I'm still on board. I'm drinking my Kool-Aid. That's what yeah. Kool-Aid <laughs> is all about. Way to go, Bob. Way to go. I'm with you, though. I'm not ready to jump off the Patricia bandwagon, though my faith has been seriously, uh, you know, uh, attacked – these last two games but i agree the roster still has hope on it yeah i mean again it's two games there's 14 games left um people have come back from 0-2 the patriots themselves plenty of times on their super bowl runs were i want i guess not plenty of times but a, a couple times i know they were um so it's not done again people with a week in between games the nfl there's always like a lot of thoughts and emotion week to week and it swings like like crazy like no other sport um yeah. but staying on the positive actually there was a couple uh things i wanted to mention number one is frank Ragnow. he's grading out as the number two center overall in the nfl right now he continues yeah. to play as an elite center uh and he's he's really fun to watch the, actually the offensive line in general a lot of these sacks at least um on PFF were not really credited to bad offensive line play. Well, besides, I would say the one was Tyrell Crosby kind of acting like a turnstile mm-hmm. against Rashawn Gary. But again, that it comes in a situation where they just the defensive line can pin their ears back. They know a pass is coming. Um, so, you know, a little debatable. But uh, otherwise, the offensive line actually played pretty well in this game. Again, they, aver- they averaged over five yards a run. Um, and a lot of those sacks, you can – Credit to maybe Stafford or just a you know a bad play call like the the pick six where the offensive line wasn't really a factor on that one. So I yeah. I, I actually I, I'm encouraged by the offensive line play and that's without Big V there. Uh, we need him back. <laughs> Who never got, had him? <laughs> yeah, we need we need him there. Um, <laughs> they especially with the as big of investment as they made. I I don't know what the issue is. Uh, foot injury, like Bob's been talking n- about. No, I know it's a foot injury. I'm just like uh, like. It, 
if he isn't on the IR, like, do they expect him back in a week, uh, like five weeks? It's very unclear. Never I hate say. the NFL and their injury policy. Yeah. <laughs> like, usually Major League Baseball, you know, or uh, hockey, you, there's usually a timeline when these guys come back. NFL, it's a complete mystery. It's yeah. very frustrating. Um, so that that that's what I'm encouraged by. And, and in addition to that, uh, Jason Cabinda has graded out as a top three fullback in the NFL this year nice. as well. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm really encouraged by his play. And Quintus Cephas continues to look pretty good uh, for a fifth-round uh, draft yeah. pick. And he, he was catching the ball this week, which is good. So yeah, he, That is good. He didn't have as many targets, but he I think he caught them all. But he had like three for mm-hmm. three. So. Yeah, it's a pretty decent long one, too. And one thing in our that could turn around on us, stupid penalties killed us in this game. I mean, just uh, terrible no. penalties. Horrible. 15 yard I mean, penalties. Do we want to bring up Will Harris again? Yeah, yeah. We, we could. Yeah. I mean, End of the first half. That was what ridiculous. That was killer. Back I mean, that's part of his lazy tackling. I mean, just uh, like grabbing him by the horse collar and throwing him down because he, he, he literally lunged and grabbed it. Like, it was extremely lazy technique. And yeah. then, obviously, the hit before. Uh, he did hit him in the head. That that that's the rule. Uh, you might not agree with it, but it's he the rule. His, he didn't even hit him in. Oh my god! No, I'm he sorry. hit him in the head, but with I the can shoulder. forgive him for the high sideline hit. And even I don't know. Even the I don't I, the horse collar is a tough one. But yeah, maybe it was the result of his bad angle or whatever. But I can forgive him the sideline one. All right, Jack is in a very forgiving mood. <laughs> a rud dog. <laughs> um, you forgave Will Harris. Think about it. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and the other one, like Jamal Agnew, fair catching ain't blocking a guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, that was real boneheaded. That's, that's one. That's like one on one punt returning. Uh, we yeah, he knows about it. That's what he does. School. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, did we uh, ever get context to uh, Abushi's uh, personal foul? Because all you saw during the game was him just kind of get falling into the back of that guy's legs, but they didn't show like what caused him to be diving at that guy's legs before the play was. I mean, he said he was playing at a whistle. That, that's all he said. He didn't say he was instigated by anything. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, that looked really bad. <laughs> I was going by his if comments he, if he, here. Like they good. were all just standing there, and he just dives on the back of that dude's knees. <laughs> yeah, that's boneheaded right there. Yep. You can't um, do that even if the play was going. You can't dive in the back of someone's leg, so I don't know what the hell he was doing. And I am obviously not any sort of fan of Abushi by any means, so yeah. <laughs> if that helps get him out of the lineup, that's he, fine by me because he, he didn't play. He, he was definitely the worst lineman that we had. Again, he's filling in for Joe Dahl, yeah, who's out for He's who knows Big how Z's long. new Christian Jones this year, the <laughs> new player he loves to hate. Yeah, well, Christian, Christian <laughs> hey, Jones, at least, they're using him a little bit. passes and stuff. I mean, he's not playing great, but he's making some plays. He's he's improved, uh, which is not they're, saying much because he was terrible. They're using him differently too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. Um, I mean, we'll we'll get into the Cardinals game next weekend. Uh, but I don't know if there's there any any other topics you guys wanted to touch on about this game. Uh, so the Bears go are two and zero. Packers 2-0. The Bears squeaked one out barely. They almost blew a 17-point lead of their own. That would have been nice to see. A little uh, karma. And then the Vikings also continue to look like a terrible team. So that's encouraging, at least. we. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, my Vikings buddy we just was... We have company was, at the bottom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. My my Vikings buddy was like, this is, uh, this is terrible. I told him, well, uh, you, they've had a lot of success the last few years. So I said, welcome, uh, you know... Misery has company this week. <laughs> so, yeah, the Vikings have surprised uh, me about how bad they are. But yeah. 
Hopefully they're bad yeah. against us. U- UJ did call it. He was You were calling on their defense being decimated and stuff? Well, it is. I mean, their defense is a, a shadow of itself last year. They lost a lot of guys, so. Yeah, and, and actually around the NFL in general, um, the Lions have some uh, consistency now in terms of how many injuries uh, occurred. <laughs> This week, an insane amount. I mean, did you see the 49ers? They lost Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Mostert. They lost two yeah. of their four starting D linemen and Solomon Thomas and Bosa for the year. They're done for the year, yeah. not even like a week, yeah. a year. Torn ACLs. And um, uh, running back in New York is gone. Uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, Barkley, another torn ACL. Patricia yeah. McCaffrey, who hasn't missed a game in three years, will be out a month. Wow. Um, yeah. Anthony Barr on the Vikings, arguably they're one of – their best defenders. He's out for the season. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So the, the list goes on. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll is back in the starting quarterback yeah. fold yeah. in Denver I saw for that. four to six weeks. <laughs> I texted my Broncos him. buddy. You get to experience the Jeff Driscoll uh, experience. So uh, hey, uh, it's amazing. That guy keeps getting starting. Uh, he keeps starting games for every every team he goes to. There's like a curse on the starting quarterback because Jeff Driscoll is there. <laughs> <laughs> He, for the Bengals, he had eight starts. For the Lions, he had eight starts. And now for the Broncos, it looks like he didn't get seven starts in. It's crazy. Yes. Hey, with the uh, with his injury theme here, though, if you could choose to have back Trufant and Coleman or Kenny Galladay, which one do you think would be the bigger impact to get back at this stage? Do we have to pick one of the three or two? No, no. Trufant and Coleman are a package deal. Oh, Galladay's a separate. Trufant and Coleman, yeah. easily. I would yeah. think so. Or even just one of them at this point. I mean, because if we could uh, not have to rely on, uh, who was it, Daryl Roberts or whatever, I think that would be good. I think yeah. that would really help yeah. our defense if we got those two back. They also, yeah. to beat a dead horse a little bit, though, weren't they running a lot of man coverage again this week with with a depleted secondary? It seemed like they were. Yeah, I mean, that's the Patricia defense. I, I get it, but, you know, sometimes you got to adapt with their personnel, you know, and they're not doing it. We cannot cover a crossing pattern or save our lives. They just can't. I mean, all day, Rodgers just at will. It, it was so easy for him. But you, Jay, well, the part of covering a crossing pattern is you need a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah. any, the best cornerbacks in the NFL can't cover a good crossing pattern for a long time with a mobile quarterback if you're not going to have a good pass rush. I agree with that. There's too much time to develop it. I agree with all yeah. of um, you, you can Usually you can cover a, cross, a crossing route about for half the field maybe, but then once they get, then the, the, the receiver's usually always faster than the cornerback, so there's just not enough time. My point and, and is you know what, we're too? not adapting. All right, we're not well, adapting know. to our players and our personnel. <laughs> And other is, teams even. We're just not adapting. We're doing the same stuff over. But, I mean, I would even say Aaron Rodgers is what killed us in that game as much as Aaron Jones and the running backs in that offensive line. They they ran all over us in that game. Aaron Jones made a career record PR for yards running on the ground. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was efficient and got it done when it counted, but he wasn't what really killed us in that game. He, he was just able to ride his run game, which – yeah, you know that just killed us. Two hundred, two hundred fifty nine yards on the ground. Brutal. The <laughs> yeah, I know I that mean, pass rush is ridiculous. Like the the whole world's been saying the Lions need an elite pass rusher, then they never get one, and you're like, oh, they must be smarter than us. No, it doesn't seem like they are. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. They still need an elite pass rusher. I, I they also don't seem to be still trying to send as much pressure as you'd like either. It seems like they blitz very sparely and. I think it only worked like two or three times in that game, and the other times it seemed to get picked up pretty easily. So, uh, 
<laughs> I don't know what you can do. To I mean, this, this defense, it just rushes. It doesn't seem like they can. They're not even capable of coming close to like getting an interception or a yeah. turnover. There's like, there's no threat. Uh, like, there's no aggressiveness to it. Really, it just like sit back, keep picking it down the field. Hopefully, you know, you make an overthrow or maybe a weird, funny thing happens with a bounce and we get the ball. That that seems to be it. And, and I, then you finally send Jamie Collins on a blitz and he gets a sack. Like. Why are you not sending that guy more often? He's the only one who got a sack in that game. Yeah, and I, I actually would imagine a lot, a lot of three-man rushes with a spy this week with Kyler Murray. But uh, we'll we'll get into that later in the week. But what good that did us. I don't. Week. I wouldn't expect a lot of blitzing <laughs> coming up this next weekend. But uh, regardless, um, I think that's gonna wrap it up, you guys. Uh, <laughs> We can we can go on about Patricia on this defense uh, and you know other aspects, but uh, I think we'll have more to say later in the week when we preview Week Three. Again, we know it's tough, but drink some Kool Aid and remember yeah. it's only Week Two. That's There's right. Still fourteen weeks, fourteen weeks left in this season, uh, and we 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 face the Bears and the Packers again. We haven't faced the Vikings yet, um, so we, we, we there's a lot of time. But Time not to turn it oh. around. <laughs> so uh, you know, just just drink the Kool Aid, right? That's the name of this podcast. That's why you guys listen, uh, because you're drinking the Kool Aid with us, even when it doesn't, even when you know it doesn't seem like there's a lot. I think left we need to there. get Stafford some Kool Aid. He seems to be lacking his Kool Aid at the beginning of the season. You yeah, need to drink some Kool Aid right now. Let's get Matt some, some Kool Aid. I think it would. Have, Kenny G's back right. next week, so everything's gonna be good. He will be, will be back. Nice. That'll be great to see. That is. That will be good to see. Yeah. For sure. Goodness. Yeah, maybe if we can just outscore everybody and let our, you know, yeah. get by on our They read movies. a guy to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us here. Please subscribe. Please review. I really appreciate it. Um, Instagram at Drinking the Blue Kool Aid. Twitter at Drinking Lions. I'm Big Z. Uh, we got Bob, UJ, and Rudd Dog. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And last but not least, as always, Yo! Down the field, a charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, stand and cheer the brave. Rock, rock, rock. Go hard, win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain a lion's victory. Go. Go. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.